praise you, Lord. We worship you and magnify you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy to be praised and adored at all times. It's always a good time to praise you. And I thank you, Father, that you've given us a heart to praise. You've given us a spirit, a reborn spirit, Lord, that is full of your goodness, uh, full of your might and your power, your wisdom, your knowledge, everything good that we need. You give it to us freely by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So we thank you for that, Lord, that we can always draw from that, that we're never uh, without, we're never in lack, we're never in want, we're never in need because you constantly fill us up. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Amen. So I thought we'd talk today about the prayer of faith. Amen. The prayer of faith and um how important that is really to everything, but definitely to our healing. Uh, we have instructions from the word as to um, how to get rid of sickness, how to walk in divine health, how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the peace of God. Uh, it's hard to be peaceful if you're not feeling well. I mean, if your your body's afflicted. It's really, really hard to uh, have that that continual peace that God has provided for us, uh, and it, when and your peace is disturbed. So, whenever your peace is disturbed, God always has a remedy uh, for that, and that's one of the things that that we can count on because the Bible says we have a covenant of peace or a promise of peace, and that peace, the word peace, where we talked about it before. It means soundness, wholeness, blessings in every area, uh, nothing missing from our lives, uh, nothing broken. There's there's no sense of lack. Uh, even if you, you say if you uh, are missing something, for instance, you know, you got a pair of earrings, you drop one, you don't know where you dropped it. You don't carry a sense of bereavement and loss with that. Because there's a sense you have that God has it for you and he can lead you to it. You just really have to hold on to the faith for that. Um, and, and you know, I can, I can remember a time where I tried to believe it, but my mind was so programmed to think loss, lack, and everything. And I realized that I wasn't really trusting. It's like, well, how can I drop something and lose it and God, you have it? You know, that's the thing. Well, that's not my business to know. You see what I'm saying? So we get involved in things other than faith and other than believing, and that's when we lose the trail. You know what I'm saying? You can you can be sniffing out your answer and sniffing out the problem, and then you get on, on the side trail. You know, you get involved in little things on the side, you know. Uh, uh, if anybody's had a dog, you know, you take your dog out. Okay, we're going to go outside, and what are we going to do? Number one and number two. And and they do that, and then they get busy sniffing something else, going, no, wait a minute. We ain't out here for that. You know, I'm not feeling like walking all over this yard with you like this. But it's that, well, that's where we are, too. We get We know what we're here to do, to serve God, please God, all that. And then something comes up and we go off on that little trail somewhere, you know, follow another thing. So God really wants us to stay focused on on the things that will build us up, the things that edify, the things that help. And I think if God has promised you something, 
it's your responsibility to hold on to the faith for that. You just can't let that go because your brain can't figure out how he could do it. That's not that's really not our job. And really, that's a distraction. And that's how we lose the things that God has for us, because we're we're concerned about uh, how it happens instead of accepting that he's fully he's he's uh, completely equipped and able to perform what he promises. And so instead of focusing on how he does it, we just have to focus on he said he would do it, and that's as much as we need to know. And that's faith. See, the other thing is where doubt creeps in. What what happens is you doubt, you really start to doubt if he can do what he says he's going to do, and then you try to figure out how it's going to get done. And so that we don't think that's doubt, we think that's normal, because we do it all the time. But but really, that is a manifestation of doubt. Why is that? Because it's your carnal mind that's searching these things out. Your spiritual mind could care less how God does something. You know, it's like uh, some of the most boring uh, programs you can watch is how money's made, because nobody cares. We just want enough of it to do what we need to do, huh? Well, this is how money is made. You think, huh? I don't care about all of that. Just give me some of it over in here. How do I get more of it? And so, um, it, it's, that's the way though it is with spiritual things. You can go down these little bunny trails trying to figure out how God's going to do it. And, well, if he's going to do it, why isn't it done yet? And all this kind of stuff. And, and just rest your little nerve. That's your carnal mind trying to get involved in spiritual things. And he's robbing you of your faith because when you think about it, that's where that's doubt is coming into play when you want to know the how of things. Amen. It's a manifestation of doubt. And so we we must stay with the fact that God told us he's able to perform it. We leave it alone. It's between God and, and God to do these things for us. You know what I'm saying? He made a promise to himself. That he swore, he could swear by no higher, he swore by himself to himself for his glory. So it's like we're just the recipients of, of his covenant with him, you know. And so we embrace and accept by faith these things are, are promised to us because God loves us and because he, he keeps his word, these things will happen. And so we see, uh, the prayer of faith coming into to play in the area of health and healing uh, healing must be acquired by faith it must be accepted by us by faith and in faith really means we only need god's word about this in order to believe and expect it's going to happen so you expect it's going to happen because of his word not because of what you see not because your symptoms are getting better or, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You accept it because it's his word. And so uh, in James five fourteen is where we find the scripture. Starting in verse 13, he says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Now, affliction talks about difficulties in life. Amen. Uh, things that are difficult. Uh, it, there's a, a, a psalm that says, I was 
I was glad when I was afflicted because I learned your ways. So when you're afflicted, it means something's not going right in your life. What do you do when something's not going right? You get in the word and see what God says about it and see how quickly you can get him to move to get get you your answer. Amen. So the afflictions come and and when they come, you think, well, this isn't going to take me under. This is something that's going to manifest itself in a greater way. Amen. Sometimes you can you can just by making up your mind to hasten certain things into your life, you can do that. You can move them along faster than what man says. Amen. In fact, I think we should practice doing that. Just if if man gives you a natural date for something, ask God to do it faster for you. I mean, seriously, we we sometimes are waiting for things that we don't have to wait for, you know. Um, uh, Sheree, what you mentioned about December, ask God to bring that to you sooner. God, why should I wait? Waiting is, waiting is for folks that don't have no covenant with you. Let them people call me and tell me I can do that sooner. You understand? Or I'll call them and bug them until I, whatever you do, God. But I want to see your glory manifest. I want to see your kingdom. And I think if we will challenge the natural realm more and more, it'll be easier for us to live by faith on a lot of other things. See, because your faith will be used to a challenging what the natural realm is dictating and what the natural realm is allowing. So you're, you, I mean, I'm serious. We, we, we need to practice this and put these things into operation. So that we can see the glory of God. We can see the things that come to pass according to his word, not according to man's word and man's timetable. So he says, if anybody's afflicted, let him pray. Amen. And and get your answer from God. In other words, is anybody merry? Let him sing psalms. Set for Chuck. Amen. So <laughs> I mentioned you again, Chuck. That's okay. Let him sing psalms, though. So, you know, just exalting God by singing his word back to him. That's that's what the psalms do. If there's any sick among you, he says, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall say that it will save the sick. The prayer of faith will save the sick. In other words, and the Lord will raise him up alive on this side of glory. You know, some people try to stretch that to mean, oh, yeah, well, you know, you go to heaven. And uh uh-uh, that's not talking about that. What did you want when you asked the elders? You didn't ask them to pray and you die and wake up in heaven. You asked them to pray so you can live on this side of Amen. And if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. So so here here we have a prescription for health, wholeness, holiness, um, uh, acceptance by God forgiveness all of that's all in one package and so the 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 writer here is saying that even if you have committed sins and in in oftentimes it is sin in people's lives that keeps them sick 
they just don't want to let go of it and, and don't want to you know renounce certain things and, and repent and ask god to help them so you know when you've got a, a sin on your soul your faith doesn't work very well you know now you can refute that if you want to but i tried to work faith when i didn't uh, when i sensed that there was something between me and god and i refused to let it go see you can't work faith righteousness with a, a soul that's that's always clouded and, and discouraged and angry and bitter and all those things faith won't work in that it works by love and love is is a righteous commodity it's from heaven amen love is the zoe life of god dominating your life not you being saved and god's over in a corner and you're living a life in the flesh that that's not going to work and so what he says though if you walk away from me to the degree that you come down with sickness there's a way back to me through repentance and you can even call you can even pray you can call a friend and pray with them and and confess your your sins before god and and let that person hear you as a witness before heaven and get that thing out of the way that's one of the easiest ways to to get right with god again you know sometimes you travel god i'm sorry god i'm sorry and you just feel worse and worse and worse anybody been there i've been there many times and you just it just you can't shake it somehow and then you say to yourself well lord i'm gonna call so-and-so and get them to pray for me or or just confess this to, and get it out of the way and and you're light as a feather you know you're right with god again that things removed you're cleansed and you're ready to go out to battle again amen and so this these are things that that god gives us as ways back to him the way back to righteousness the way back to holiness the way back to the blessing the way back to a peaceful life with him he must make a way back for us because of his covenant the everlasting covenant so he never there's no such thing as is you you've done so much bad you can't get back now sometimes you you might feel that but if if you decide to go home and be with the lord that's one thing but god's provided a way back for us it's very clear in the bible and he's provided a way back for everybody you know don't write people off because they're so bad or they went away from god and and uh disobeyed god and all that you know god god makes a way back the bible says he provides a way back even for his banished ones you know the, when when absalom fought david and david had told him he couldn't come back to the palace the woman came by david and prophesied to him she said god makes even a way for his banished ones to return and let absalom return he went from bad to worse but you know it that was between absalom and god it wasn't david holding things up anymore and so we have to be like that we can't hold things up from people because they've they've uh, uh sinned or or fallen away or uh you know hurt us or or offended us or whatever it is there's a way back for everybody to come back for god and so it but it it involves submitting yourself to the church elders and see this is the thing people don't want to do they want to go around to this person that person that person they want to circumvent authority 
and all of that well you you need to you need to get used to being under authority you need to be get used to having people speak into your life you need to be used to uh the community of god you know how dare you just just uh trust god's people if god put people in your life you can trust god through people see i had to learn that you know in my marriage i had to learn that that you know god and and the lord would tell me he said i'll talk to him in other words shut your mouth barb come on god let me tell him one good time if i tell him one more time that is straightening out never straighten nobody out amen and so we, that's just our pride one you control things and so I had to find out that I was really trusting my covenant with God that included peace and harmony in my marriage, that included a husband who would bless me and love me like Christ loves the church. It included all of those things. And you can't make people give that to you. There's certain things that, that God can provide for you through people, but you can't make, you can't force that to happen. And so when you submit to godly authority when you submit to god you submit to his authority structure that he has put in the earth in every area of your life you know at your job you have to do what your boss tells you to do you can't just run up in folks face and or run behind their back and complain all the time you you have to obey people folks you, you and do it from the heart you know don't just be an eye servant and do things when people are watching and, and then behind their backs you're off doing something crazy you, know, you have to really be sincere god that's the difference between us and the world is that we do it as unto the lord you know the world does it just to to get people off their backs or you know whatever and, and then when when they're not watching you back to the, your old habits well where's your growth you know when are you going to mature when are you going to get beyond you know, I asked somebody that one time, long time, I said, when are we really going to start doing what the Bible says? You know, really loving each other, you know, and, and, and blessing each other and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's, it comes a time where we've got to, got to be for real, y'all. You know, God wants us to be for real people. Part of being for real, really, it, it helps our, our general health. Um, the condition of your heart will always you know, the Bible says God is the health of your countenance. It'll show on your face when your heart's right before God. You know, when you're, when you love people and you forgive people, you're not holding grudges, you're not rolling your eyes and all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you can, <laughs> you live better before God. You have a more carefree life. You know, you, you can drop your list of, of people you gotta be mad at now because because you always been mad at them. You know, you can shorten your list and, and tear it up because God says you can be at peace and he wants that. He wants your heart uh, pure before him, you know, and, and learn how to live in that contented state of blessedness where you're at peace with all men. And so that's the kind of heart then that where the word can grow and get strong and then you can begin to declare your healing and it'll happen. See, we're not just saying empty words and we're waiting to see and wondering, is my confession okay? Is it something? No, you'll know. Because when your heart is pure before God, you'll know your confession's okay. You'll know there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you, you'll you know you better get on it. The only thing's missing is you haven't done it in a while. And so, you know, and so go there instead of 
trying to figure out if if your words are okay or not you know if there's any doubt uh it's there's something amiss so you go before god and say god i I want this doubt out of me i don't want to continue to doubt your word and and i want you to help me with that and and he will help you holy spirit's there to help us at all times so he says the prayer of faith will save the sick in other words you must believe what you are praying you got to believe the word once you pray believing then you have prayed the prayer of faith and expect God to perform what you prayed. And and don't quit expecting him to perform what you prayed. Sometimes you can get your mind in a, a bit of confusion. You know, you'll start wondering about this and wondering about that. And pretty soon the enemies brought up the fact that you still believe in God for health. You understand what I'm saying? Don't mix all that up together. You know what I'm saying? For instance, you might you might have a an incident come up with a family member that something unpleasant happens, and and then your mind will start wandering. Oh boy, you know this is going on, and they need help, and what? And then the devil will say, "Well, yeah," and you know you still ain't healed yet, and you start wondering about you, you know how you can borrow trouble and mix everything together. And so uh, it's just good to keep that's a no. Wait a minute, devil. Now this ain't got nothing to do. With with my health don't be dragging this in that situation amen so keep keep your your promises and your expectations separated out from the day-to-day confusion that will come in with with just with living in this earth every day uh keep it sorted out keep it sanctified keep it holy and then god will always perform on the things that we're expecting don't quit expecting because something comes up sudden in another area that's kind of trying to dominate and occupy your your time and your energy you know your mental energy um i had i had my my kitchen sink sprung a leak and i was looking at that i said oh god come on now i don't need this you know how it is you don't need it in your life nobody does but things happen you know um now i've i've ceased wondering how it happened you know how you can go down that crazy road? So I want to say, <laughs> knowing the life I lead, Lord, I'm doing good. This ain't the worst of it. You know what I'm saying? But but sometimes your mind can wander off into trying to figure out, where did I go wrong? What did I do? I've been confessing. You know that kind of stuff, trying to take some kind of crazy inventory instead of dealing with it right now let's get it corrected first let's get it worked out first and so i decided that i was going to put that situation with everything else that i'm expecting god to take care of for me it's not out of his realm and domain to take care of even that uh it's going to delay some things i thought i would be doing but god even has those things on a schedule so I had to learn how to let go of all of these crazy expectations and and uh, doubts and fears and and all of that and just let God have it all. Even if there's something added to the list, God's got the major list. So God, I'm just add one more thing to the list that I'm not going to be concerned about. And I'm anticipating that you will tell me what I need to do and I will get this. You will get this resolved for me. Amen. And so whatever it takes, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not fearful about 
uh, well, oh boy, my kitchen, that's going to be, how long are they going to be working in here? And how tore up is it going to be? I just don't have time to let that stuff run through my, my mind anymore. Uh, you know, you just make up your mind, whatever it takes, this will be my endurance test or whatever. But God, I know you're going to take care of it. And once you, you have faith working in you, you learn how to add to your faith. See, if if I have faith for, for my life to run well when everything is fixed in my house, now i got to add something to my faith because something's not fixed there. And so this gives me a chance to add whatever it is that my faith might be lacking in that I need to supplement so that my faith will hold and take me through this other thing that's added on instead of oh boy one more thing I don't need no more trouble I just you know don't let your that's your carnal man he's scared of everything don't let him even get involved in God's business just allow God to continue to move and then then you'll add to your strength patience you'll add endurance to it you add virtue to it you add all of those things that need to be added to your faith so that at the finish line you can say well i did make it through this and and i held on to god and he got all of this fixed for me for his glory you see what i'm saying and so when when you are in faith stay in faith learn how to do the things that add to your faith and that strengthen and supplement your faith and and it gets stronger because of these situations that come up and so when we when we pray the prayer of faith that means that we are are standing on god's word or declaring god's word in our situation we we begin to meditate on the word to make that faith real to give it a a a strength that it needs to have instead of just you know saying certain words that sound right to us or or we're trying to impress somebody that we're believing god but but we really do have the word before our eyes and in our hearts and and meditating on it and staying close to god through meditating on his word and and not being so concerned about other things and so once you you pray the prayer of faith you hold on to that faith God will raise that person up. If it's you, if it's somebody else, in other words, he will get them back to their normal life. When it says raise them up, uh, it means that they're already healed when you pray. Amen. And so if you receive your healing, then the next thing is for all your symptoms to go away and you get raised up again. And so when God raises you up, then you uh you have what it is that you've been believing for. And so that is one of our safeguards as children of God. That's a, a provision and a privilege for us that God just doesn't give to everybody. Amen. And so when he says to call for the elders of the church, uh who are the elders of the church? It's many people are are concerned about it, conflicted about it. Uh they don't know um uh in 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 God directs us to who is we're supposed to call now if you are a part of a fellowship if you're committed to a fellowship you call a minister amen uh, you call the person with the highest authority that you can call amen 
this is this isn't something you ask your girlfriend and y'all pray together amen and and really the when the bible says that there's any sick among, among you what that really really means is that if there's if you ever get into a situation that is beyond your ability to take care of with your confession you know what i'm saying like for instance if you're not feeling well yeah, everybody knows to pull out your tapes, your healing tapes, and start confessing the word and and lay down under the word. Don't just lay down because you're not doing anything to help yourself. This is where people. Uh, this is where people. And listen, there are Christians that do this all the time. They go, go it didn't feel good at work. Go home, lay down, no word, no prayer, no nothing. They're just taking the natural route. They think back to hell. Well, if you don't obey God's instruction, there's no guarantee that you're going to get that that's going to work for you. You understand what I'm saying? Your guarantee is really in your covenant. It's not outside of your covenant. So you go home and you, you know, not feeling well yet. I've been laying down. I took the work, uh, took the day off work and I still don't feel any better. Well, did you put your word on? Have you even prayed and asked God to take the symptom away? Have you rebuked the devil? Have you done anything to help yourself spiritually? And it's amazing how many people don't do it. Just, you know, go to natural route. You know, you're going to get a, get enough of that natural route because that's not a guarantee for you. What's guaranteed is what's in the word. You call for the elders of the church, amen, if it goes beyond what you can do yourself. And we're not talking about the aspirin route. We're not talking about the the lay down for an hour and watch TV route or, or you know, get home and, and start doing stuff you can't do when you're working. We're not talking about that free day off work thing. We're talking about if it gets beyond your ability to alleviate your suffering using the normal tools that believers use and that is to meditate on the word day and night we have our prescription in in um, uh, proverbs 4 to uh, pay attention to god's word incline your ear to his sayings that's your prescription to stay well period if it doesn't move in that time and you still find yourself afflicted or you still find yourself not feeling well, being sick, in other words, then you call for the elders of the church. Now, this is another area where people miss it because the Bible says you call. Many times people are at home thinking the pastor knows what's going on and they're waiting for him to call them or come see them. And when that doesn't happen, they're mad at everybody in the church. Huh? You know, doctors come and see you. The elders have to be called. You know, your doctor's committed to come and stand at your bedside and see how you're doing. But your pastor is not. You have to call him in. Why do you have to call? Huh? Why can't they just come and, and, and find you, you know, you, well, you've been missing. Let's go see how they doing. Huh? It's called a little witchcraft. You know what I'm saying, people. 
people like to manipulate people all the time see if they really care about you huh (laughs) you make yourself very sick wondering who cares about you huh trying to figure it out anyway god doesn't tell you to to be concerned about that he says how do you feel about people that's your business is you got to love them he don't say nothing about them loving you huh you dip way over into some business that ain't yours and you always come up with a wrong answer after that huh i remember a pastor friend of ours he was so angry and i he was in the hospital and uh uh, he was saying, he says, you're the only person that came and I want to say you're a pastor, man. You ain't, what do you want looking for other ministers to come and visit you in church and see about you in church? I'm thinking to myself, you're the person that's supposed to be mature enough to take care of the sheep and now you're angry, you can't even get healed, being angry with people who really don't have any responsive, biblical responsibility for your soul. No, you call for them because your obedience to the word is what opens the door for God to heal you. You understand me? If you don't obey the word and see pastors have not taught their people biblical things. That's why they run off and go look for and they run themselves raggedy making hospital visits going seeing people. Then it's not even scriptural. That's why by the time they start showing up to see people, they're giving them the last rites. Huh? Because there's nobody in faith obeying the word to get them healed. But your, your, you, your covenant with God entitles you to divine health that you can generate Whenever you you put your faith in his word, you start ministering the word to yourself. Usually, if if you do that if within a day, you're back to normal again for most minor things. I'm not talking about things where you have a bad diagnosis or something comes upon you like that. But I'm talking about these minor things. You know, you get a cold, you get sniffles, a stomach ache, something's not right. You know, minor food poisoning, whatever it is. You get your word out and you start meditating on that word and that word heals your body. Amen. If it goes beyond that and you're not able to do it, then you call for the elders of the church and, and, and they will come and pray with you if need be or if it's something that can wait until that you gather together as a congregation, then you work that out with them. Don't get mad at them if they tell you it's not an emergency. And they tell you to stay under the word until it's time to come to service. You understand what I'm saying? You know, let's, let's just grow up, folks, and, and get beyond this, this pettiness sometimes that we fall into. And, and just allow God to keep us healthy. You want to be well. You don't, you're not looking for attention. You're looking for health. Amen. So you, and you can't have both of them. Amen. You gotta have one or the other. So if you want health, this is the way to get health. If you want attention, that's something different totally you know what i'm saying but but we all want to 
get back into health. And this is your prescription for doing it, is the prayer of faith. Amen? So we are healed because Jesus took our sicknesses. In First Peter 2 and verse, I think it's 24, First Peter 2. It says here in verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, once you reckon yourself dead to the power of sin, then you begin to live unto righteousness. If you don't don't accept the fact that sin has no power over you anymore, it will be hard to to fight those things off, you know, ailments and so forth. You always think there's something wrong. What's wrong that this is that what's wrong that that's happening to me? And and because you don't accept the first part of that, you have to reckon yourself dead to sin. That doesn't mean that you don't sin anymore or you don't make mistakes. But you're dead to the power of it to put sickness on you. You're dead to the power of it to punish you in any way. You're dead to the power of it to wreak havoc on you the way it used to before you knew the Lord. So you have a covenant that renders sin ineffective in your life. Not that you don't slip and sin but when you do you have an advocate who buys you back out of it again and it's like you never sinned see we have to learn how to live like that because the religious world even the secular world wants to hang hang a a label on us all the time what kind of minister are you what kind of christian are you you know you get that from the world all the time why? Because there's great je- there's jealousy out there for this blood covenant. See, and if the devil can take the reality of it away from us, it's almost, you know, as good as not being saved if you don't live in the reality of it. And so what he does, he 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 removes tries to remove it from our lives through accusation. That when when something happens, that you know is your fault and it's a mistake and you shouldn't do it, you should it's not pleasing to God. Do we go to God immediately and confess it and let him restore us back into righteousness, or do we let that thing hang over us and keep clawing us, or we try to deny it ever happened? You ever get in that mode? Keep telling yourself, Oh, the only reason you did that, ah, that ain't that bad. You got me? And so the way you handle it through covenant is that you have to reckon yourself dead to sin. Amen? Now listen, I slipped up, but that don't mean that thing's got power over me. Huh? I'm I'm cleansed again. I have you know, devil. I confess my sins to the Lord, and I'm cleansed again. I'm not going to sit up here and live in the past of, you know what I'm saying, mistakes that I've made. Now some people live that way because they never confess them. We go and do things we know are wrong. And they hover over, hover over, hover over us. And then when, when the preacher starts to preach on it, we mad at the preacher. We're trying to get you to confess and get yourself free again. You understand what I'm saying? Am I the only one? 
Don't let me preach to the bricks today. Huh? Huh? Pastor Barbara, was she picking on you today? I ain't picking on nobody. I'm not in a position to pick on nobody. I'm trying to live for God just like you are. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick myself happy. I don't know. But you know, you, if, 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 sometimes these things are, are in our souls for ages unconfessed. And it's on the sermon again because God's trying to tell you, listen, you can get free of this. I want you to be free of this. Will you confess it and get it out of your life so you can be free of it? People, some people make mistakes 20 years ago and still wrestling in their mind. Well, it was his fault. Well, I didn't do nothing wrong. You, you understand what I'm saying? We're not supposed to live like that. We're supposed to live free. When God forgives us, we didn't do it. If Jesus took the penalty for it, that means he did it. You understand what I'm saying? Good gravy. So he took our sins in his own body. So he has possession of our sins. Past, present, and future. Hello? Yes, even the stuff that you're about to do, that you swear you're not going to do. For the umpteen time, you do it anyway. That stuff. Past, present, and future sins. He took them all. Well, if he took the ones that I haven't done yet, you're on the right road, kiddo. Bingo. That means that they don't have dominion over you, that that you are dead to it. Because even though you commit it, you didn't commit it. Oh, Pastor Bird, don't miss my head up like that. Now, wait a minute. I was following you okay till you got there. Huh? Shall we sin so that grace abounds? God forbid. Nobody in covenant with God is trying to get away with anything. Because you're already getting away with it. See, God wants his blood so much. That he doesn't mind telling you that sin is not a problem. Your sin is not a problem for him anymore. He's the only person that's ever going to tell you that because the saints ain't going to tell you that. (laughs) Man is not going to tell you. God's the one who's got to reassure you of that. Huh? You get that straight from, from the throne. You feel bad when you sin because the Holy Spirit lives in you. He tells you how to feel. Huh? And then he moves you to confess it. The only reason you're feeling bad is because you need to confess it and get it out of the way. It's like Jesus is waiting to have fellowship with us. Have, have let us praise in his presence. All of that. He can't do it if we still think sin is a problem. That's why you see so much in the epistles about confessing and, and, and getting free and, and the things that we have in him. 
not talking about, you know, quit doing this and quit doing that. That's old covenant. We know we need to quit doing. And we know we can't quit doing it. <laughs> but that still doesn't make it us bad people. That we're throwaway people. You never throw away people. So he says he bore our sins in his own body on a tree that we being dead to sins. The fact that he took it on himself means we're dead to it. In other words, it will never bring life. The, the, the sin has no power to bring a, a life force in us anymore to either enjoy it, to indulge in it, to try and keep doing it. None of that is, is true for us as believers. It's not true. We feel just as remorseful about it. Don't ever try to peg somebody, you know, figure out how they really feel about stuff based on their behavior. You know, you you have to assume this person's born again, you know, and they, they've served God. And now they've walked away from him or they're not keeping their covenant with God. They're not enjoying the life with God for some reason. But I'm not going to write them off as somebody who's not worth praying for, not ever going to get their life in God back. And, you know, God, show them the way back to you. Amen. Show them the way back because they can certainly get back. Why? Because they're dead to sin just like we are. They just let the devil trick them into thinking that they're not. Amen. We are healed because he took sickness on himself. Amen. He took it. It doesn't exist for us. It doesn't exist for us. Well, what is this? You've got symptoms. You've got stuff you need to to tell it to leave you alone. You've got phantom false stuff. These are lies of the devil masquerading as something that's real. See, once you come under blood covenant, sickness is not a reality for you anymore. It really isn't. You can't say you're sick because the Bible says you're not. So as soon as you can quit believing the lie that the enemy is telling, see, the devil would like to take all of your covenant privileges away from you. He would like to make you think that there's something you can do to get God to wash his hands of you forever. And you can't get this and you can't get that. You can't be this and you can't be that. If he took your sickness, I don't care what you they telling you you got at the hospital, that's not for you. You can deny it, you can turn your back on it, but it's best to tell it to leave your body in Jesus' name. Use your spiritual authority. Don't let lay down and let them say you got something you don't have. Because you either believe the, the word of God or you don't believe it. People say, well, why do I feel like this? Because you're, you're, you're not resisting it. You've got to resist those things. If you believe God says you're, 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 you're healed, then you'll resist anything that's against that. It's like if he tells you your house belongs to you. If a burglar tries to get in your door, you resist. You go lock your door and tell him to get out of there. You do the same thing with everything the enemy tries to put on you. 
But you can't have both of them at the same time. You either have a covenant with God that is is getting you to the place where you're symptom free because you're you're accepting your covenant and you're rebuking the devil with the word of God. Hey Chuck, turn your voice down. I can hear you out here. Is that her? Oh, that's the video. That's me. I rebuke myself in Jesus' name. I rebuke myself. I was going to go in there and listen. I said, it sounded pretty good if it is, Chuck. I'll mess with y'all. Thank you. Thank you for that clip. But, but faith is about making up your mind what you believe. If you believe God, you don't have any confidence in symptoms. You, 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 uh, consider not what's going on in the natural realm. See, the supernatural realm and the realm of God's kingdom should be more real to us than anything that's going on in the natural. See, we know the natural is just temporary. I don't know how long it's going to take confessing the word, believing God to get rid of this, but I know it's got to go. See, at some point it will go. Amen. Because the prayer of faith and God will raise me up. Amen. I will be raised up. And, and do what Job did. You know, just fend off everybody that tries to talk you out of being uh, faithful to God. Amen. The Bible says in all that Job went through, he never sinned with his mouth. Amen. And that's what God expects us to do, not to sin with our mouth. In other words, don't say you're sick when you're not sick. Amen. Don't accept symptoms as being drastic and there's no cure for it when there is a cure. It's right here in the word of God. Amen. And so God will instruct us and help us in the ways that, that we need to go so that we can, can walk in divine, in his health and his life and his healing power. So we're healed because Jesus already took sickness away from us. We are healed because we can claim righteousness. By the power of the blood of Jesus. So I'm not a sinner anymore who's deserving of sickness. You have been purchased out of that power. So you don't deserve sickness. You know, people say things like, well, why did, why me? Well, that's not for you anyway. Huh? Don't put yourself in there as a recipient of what they say you have. You don't have to receive that. Hezekiah did the exact, that very thing. He never accepted his death sentence. Huh? When the Bible says he turned his back to the wall, that means that he re- he turned his back on the news that he had. Huh? He just turned his back on it. He never accepted it. He never received it. He never let it work on him. He never let himself get to the point where he said, well, this is going to happen and now what do I do? He refused to follow the instructions God gave him. Put your house in order. No, God, we're going to talk about this. Amen. And, and yeah, he refused to receive it, even from God. Amen. And so we have to be like that. We have a covenant with God that says Jesus took all this sickness. He took all this sin from us. So, so we, we are, we can claim righteousness. When one is right with God, he can claim whatever it is that is of God because we're joint heirs with Christ. So we claim these things using our faith. God, you told me 
that this sickness was not for me. You told me that Jesus said he took this sickness. So I'm refusing to be sick. I'm refusing to act sick. I'm refusing to lie down. I'm refusing to, you know, whatever it is. And and begin to act like you are a healed person. Get up and do the things that healed people do. Many times our faith in God will get weak when we get into the flesh. It just weakens. And this is sometimes where we experience problems with doubt and and fear and all of those things. You know, you can you can have other issues in your life, other things you're concerned about. And you'll find yourself, if you're not careful, to continue to take those things to the Lord and release them and embrace his word that this thing is is not my problem. This thing is for God to resolve for me. You can get to the place where you start to get weak in your flesh and your symptoms might even get worse. Amen. But you still have a covenant with God that says that that sickness is not for you. Even if it does look like it's going the other way for a season. You know, and there's many things that will happen like that in our lives. And and that's the time when you decide if you're really walking by faith or if you're tempted to look at the natural situation. Amen. Hey, for instance, you 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 got a toothache and then you stumble and hurt your toe and you don't know what what symptom you're confessing over. You know what I'm saying? But God knew that that. It would be all of that. You say, God, just take this whole thing. I I thought I was just dealing with one thing, but now there's two or three things floating around here at one time. You're never overwhelmed. And see, the fact that something else came up doesn't mean you're getting worse or your faith is weaker or something is wrong in the in the faith realm. There's nothing wrong with you. Amen. You're just you're just under the gun like a lot of people are. Amen. You know, if you haven't had any problems, praise God, you've been spared. But when you do start to have them, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person or your life has taken a very bad turn all of a sudden. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about that. Sometimes sickness can be something that's been brewing underneath the surface for many years. And then all of a sudden it'll start. It's not a generational curse. You're not under the curse. You know, we get all these flim-flam ideas about stuff and want to start throwing terms around to make us look like we really know what's going on. You don't know why stuff happens. Why do little babies, why are little babies born with deformities and stuff? You just don't know. But God still has the answer for it. He wants us to be more concerned with the answer than for the reason. Amen. Because you'll never be able, the Bible says in the world you're going to have trouble anyway. You won't ever be able to escape all of it. I know I've tried. Amen. And, and you can't ward off this. You know, this isn't superstition. This is faith. Amen. No matter what happens, you still use your faith to get rid of it and keep going forward. Amen. So our faith in God will weaken when we get into the flesh. Amen. But when we return to Christ, God judges us righteous, and then our faith is right back where it was before we even veered off and got crazy, thinking everything was wrong and everything was falling apart. So the challenge for us 
is to keep returning to God and keep believing him for things even though time has gone on uh, maybe things aren't what we thought they would be at this point in our lives I don't care what it is these all these things are all designed to get us to let go of our faith in God because there are things that weaken your faith anything in the natural you start to focus on it it's designed to weaken your faith but it can just as easily strengthen your faith if you say, God, I don't care what happens. I'm still believing you for that. Amen. Like Caleb, he by the time he got to be 80, they thought he was too old. He said, nope, I'm just as strong as I was 40 years ago to take this mountain. Why? His faith kept him that way. Amen. His faith will, your faith in God will keep you in the promise. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how much water has gone under the bridge, so to speak, uh, between the time you first began to believe God and the time it manifests. You you are still well able to believe God. Everything that we believe him for will not be instant. You know, healing included. Sometimes it heals healings you gotta walk them out. You know, they're not always instantaneous. But but you can get to the place where pretty much all of them are handled in a short period of time if you keep developing your faith so it, it is for that so first peter 2 24 and 25 tell us himself took our infirmities he bore it they don't exist for us anymore don't don't take it as seriously as you would if you're an unbeliever this stuff is not it does not have the power that it would have if you don't have a covenant with god it's not I don't care if they give you a cancer diagnosis. It's not the same on you as it is on a sinner. It's just not. Amen. Now we pray for people all the time, whether they're saved or not saved. We believe God for his mercy, for people to be made whole. And, and we do get answers to prayer. But sickness is not the same thing for a child of God as it is for somebody without God. Because God took yours already. The difference between you and them, he took yours already. We have to get the faith going for him to remove theirs. See what I'm saying? But the same word that brings us back into health will also bring them into health. The answer is the same thing. Difference is we have a covenant that, that says we're not subject to it. You see many times people who are not saved will will get the same sickness over and over again the bible says god makes an utter end to affliction when it comes on us it won't come back a second time so you can claim that you tell devil uh uh-uh, this is your first lesson only time give him this fake stuff and you can command him to take it off of you amen and see it'll leave us by just a command of our voice with a non-believer they don't have that guarantee you see what i'm saying they 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 may have to take medicine they may have to take treatments they may have to add things you don't have to take anything unless god tells you you should because your faith isn't where it should be but we all can develop the faith that will rebuke all sickness and make it go amen lillian yeomans took many people into her home and her average was three days even when they were terminally ill at that time tuberculosis was ravaging uh, people and, and with tuberculosis it would actually eat your normal lung tissue it was a a, a a bacterial disease 
and it, you could see uh, on x-rays of people they're they're just lung tissue is totally destroyed from that and and when they would start to to froth at the mouth and have that uh bloody foam coming out it was usually the the end stages of it and she would have people come in like that she would say well just sit here and confess this scripture and tell this is what you need to say say it as long as you're awake keep saying it over and over and over again those people would get up and walk out in three days that was the average they would get totally healed no damage to their lungs no shortness of breath no convalescent home they were totally returned to health amen because that's god's word that that's what we're entitled to amen nothing wrong with going to the hospital getting treatment and getting help if you feel that you need it but stay in the word don't let yourself don't let it depart from your eyes don't take your don't look at it as that well the word didn't work and now i gotta go to the doctor don't ever look at at it that the word failed you because that's what the devil wants you to do you're not a failure if you go to the doctor you're a failure if you quit the word you see what I'm saying? And so when that's what the enemy wants us to do. Well, it's either or, you know, if I got to do this, I'm, I'm going to stop. This word ain't working for me. It works for everybody that believes it. See, we're sometimes we're in the beginning stages of believing and we think we really believe God. You know, you got to accept where you are. Amen. I, I don't care how long you've been saved. You know, something can come into your life that takes you totally by surprise, totally by shock. You say, God, what's wrong with me? I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm just, get get in your word. Let yourself calm down and get yourself over in that word. Amen. Nobody's condemning you for for seeking medical treatment. Know what I'm saying? But don't turn your back on the word. You're not doing it because the word failed you. The word is fail-proof. Amen? So always do what you know to do to fight the symptoms. Amen? If aspirin makes you feel better, go get aspirin. But if you do like I did with my little nerve pill, I missed my mouth and it dropped on the floor and I calmed down. I said, something's wrong here. Barb, forget the pills, okay? It's not the pills that are working. You got me? Your faith is working. And see, that was God's way of telling me that my faith was what was causing me to, to do better. Because I remember a time when I had to have those pills. And, you know, if they fell on the floor, I found them and took them. You understand what I'm saying? And nobody stopped me and got me to see, you know what, you calm down and you don't even have that pill in your mouth. And so I, I had to learn how to take my cues from god like that and i quit taking them after god showed me i didn't need them i quit taking them why take them amen so and my healing came in stages sometimes it'll come that way you know you won't have an overnight it's all gone sometimes it'll go gradually a little bit at a time but you stay with it the prayer of faith will save the sick and god will raise you up amen once you prayed the prayer of faith, then you stay with that prayer of faith. You stay with the word. Amen. So sometimes symptoms will come on us anyway. And they get overwhelming and we got to go seek medical treatment. Go and, and get in the word. Stay in your word. 
follow through on the treatment. Don't go and start arguing with these medical people and tell them you don't need stuff. You know that. I mean, you know, Christians, we can come out some crazy. Now you showed up on their door. What you fussing with them? They trying to help you, and now you fussing with them. Tell them you believe in God and you go get a miracle and all this kind of stuff. Stop doing that stuff. Once you once you in the system, you got to ride the system out until the system gets till the system lets you go. Amen. <laughs> I remember when Howard was convinced there was something wrong. They had told him there was something wrong with his heart, and and uh, we kept telling him, "Howard, you really think it's something wrong with your heart? Are you healed? I'm healed. Said, okay." <laughs> so I think it was the next day he was still in there. <laughs> You really think there's something wrong with your heart? Are you healed? I'm healed. Okay, he's all always still healed. And they wanted to do some tests on him, and the machine broke down twice. I said, Howard, you really think there's something wrong with your heart? Are you healed? I'm healed. I said, well, when are you coming out of there? I guess I'll get out of here. Left <laughs> never went back. What was that, 10 years ago or so? It's been a long time ago. So sometimes God will help you and show you that you really are healed. I mean, he sometimes he got to help us a lot. But, hey, praise God, we get our healing. Amen. So sometimes your faith can be there and you think you need natural help. And and God will show you your faith is it's working now. It's You know you can let this go now. Amen. And it's nice to be able to get free of all these natural uh, helps that we have but but don't condemn one thing or the other you stay with the word because that word is going to help you anyway you know what i'm saying at some point you'll you'll be totally on the word all the time amen you must be able to believe in mark nine twenty three, jesus spoke these words to the man that had the son remember the boy that had the seizures and he called the disciples to heal his boy, and they couldn't do it. <clears throat> Jesus, in verse 19, uh, Jesus rebukes the disciples because they are not able to help this boy. And it says in 20, and they brought him to him, and when he saw him right away, the spirit started acting up. Now, this is something that happens many times under the anointing. Amen. It probably did happen when the disciples were around, but uh, sometimes people let let natural things distract them and get them off balance. And I think that's what happened with the disciples. And they were accustomed to Jesus being around anyway. And sometimes, you know, it's like the first time you ever went to pray for somebody uh on the street nervous kept watching kept you know that kind of stuff and i think that probably they were under some some of that kind of pressure and then a big crowd standing around them and pharisees asking them questions so there are some atmospheres that aren't the best atmospheres for a miracle and so they had all of this working against them but jesus still rebuked them because they could have fought off the distraction apparently and been able to help this boy. And so when he talks to the father 
he he says to him the father tells him that it that he's been doing it since he was a boy and he begins to tell the story about how it it, it comes to throw him in the water trying to drown him and all this and uh jesus said the guy says to him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us and see when when we feel that way that it's all god's responsibility to get us well we're barking up the wrong tree amen you're barking up the wrong tree if you think your symptoms are still persisting because you're waiting on god to do something for you you're on the wrong road amen you're not waiting on him to do anything for you because everything that needs to be done is be done on he himself took our infirmities on he bore our sicknesses and see when when symptoms get prolonged we'll start to drift over to that mindset where we think god's holding it up for some reason see because we all get to that places what am i doing wrong you're really not saying you're not really asking yourself you're asking god why is he not doing it for you yet see what i'm saying see your little crazy carnal mind has all kind of ways of twisting this up in a religious fashion and putting it back on god to do something for you now when he's already done everything well what do i have to do keep putting the word in as long as symptoms persist, you got to keep feeding on the word. Keep doing what you've been doing. But see, the devil wants you to quit feeding on the word and say, that didn't work for me. That that putting them tapes on and all, that didn't help me none. Because you quit. It'll help you if you don't quit. See, if you're determined that you got the answer, and all you got to do is continue doing what you're supposed to do and it will come to pass. God is able to perform it and he will perform what he promises for us. If you stay with that, you'll get it. But the devil's always there trying to make us quit. And so he told Jesus, he says, he says, if you can do anything, see, he put Jesus right over in the boat with the disciples. Say, your boys couldn't help me. If you can do something, I'll try you out. See? Jesus said, me? It ain't my problem if you can believe. So in other words, let's get this whole thing wiped out of the picture and start all over again. And it starts with the dad's faith. It always starts with the faith of the person that's got the problem. You have to extend your faith toward God first before you can get anything from him. Because we got faith, we just put it in the wrong compartment. So once you put it over in the God, Jesus said, if you can believe. And the guy said, I'm believing the best way I can, help my unbelief. And Jesus helped it, because he healed the boy. You see, you have to get this faith dialogue going with God. You've got to be honest with him and tell him, God, I don't know, I'm bugged by the fact that I've been lingering with this for such a long time. I do want to get into that place where I can can get these symptoms out of my body. I can get this out of my If you get that conversation straightened out, like this guy did here, you'll find that you've got some unbelief working somewhere. You've got something in you is telling you that this is not working. Even though you think you've been working it, 
but if you think back you kind of got kind of bland on it and that's okay if that's what you want to live like that but if you want to walk in divine health like you say you do then let's get it together let's get to getting with it because that faith is going to help you or help somebody at some point whatever faith you put in god and get results behind it it's not wasted faith it's not in vain and so it's good if you can just continue to put yourself on some kind of a a, a regimen some kind of a schedule you know when when you get sick in the natural they do that to you you know if you go to a doctor they'll say well this is your prescription take x it's a schedule it's a regimen if we do that with the word we could get our healing from the word the same way see you got to put yourself under some kind of discipline with it and not just when you're feeling good think oh god i thank you for healing me i bless you and everything and and do that on a feeling basis you have to do it on a structured basis you know in order to receive anything from god you have to take it seriously and if you put yourself on a structure or a discipline there was a, a gentleman i remember brother hagan giving this testimony a pastor friend of his was diabetic he said ever since he had known the man uh he he took insulin and uh he said he said that the guy had retired and then he went by to see him after his retirement and he told him he said you know what brother hagan he said i don't take any insulin i'm not diabetic i don't take any, any insulin anymore and he brother hagan asked, well what did you do he said i finally realized what you've been preaching all these years because he had come by his church and preached for him in different occasions and so he said i've been accustomed to going over to the church sanctuary and praying for two hours every morning he said and part of my prayer now he didn't pray for his healing the whole two hours nobody get nervous and want to run out i can't do that and if you need to but he said part of of my confession was mark eleven twenty three. thank you lord i believe i received my healing when i prayed and he said i thank you for healing me from my diabetic condition i received it when i prayed and he said he said he started he knows he started adding that confession in about two years prior to a time when he said he, he had a little traffic accident and he got had to go to the hospital because he got bruised or something and they needed to check him out and they did some blood work and the doctor told him he said your blood sugar he said you on insulin he said yeah he said well you don't have to take that anymore he said your blood sugar is very low he said and i'm thinking that you don't need any of he asked him how much he took and he told him just quit taking it he said you don't need that anymore and he realized then that god had healed him the word had healed him and taken away he raised him up he realized he was now raised up from those symptoms of diabetes amen and dependence on insulin now people say well if you were taking medicine that means you had the disease no it doesn't it doesn't mean anything it just means you got symptoms symptoms are not disease huh and you got to make up your mind what you believe see we can go back and argue the word all day long are you healed aren't you healed well you said disease you said sickness yeah that sickness ain't it let's stop doing that and just take the cure 
Amen. Let's just take the cure because the cure is there for us. We don't have to. You can win the argument and lose the war. See, you can back me in the corner. I say, well, have it your way. (laughs) Go take your sickness. See what I'm saying? But there is a place in God where that word is holding off all symptoms, all diagnoses, all terminal stuff. Amen. Because the word gets in your system and it fights for you. Because that word is your defense. It's your rock against everything. It's your prevention and it is your cure. Amen. It's your resistance against disease. Huh? Now, if I was the wrong kind of person, I wouldn't end every every time we get together with a confession about this Roma stuff. And just... Just believe God that that, that a cure is going to come. Well, we don't need it because we ain't getting it. Because <laughs> he himself took it already. Huh? And if you could say that with one thing, you could say that with everything else. Amen. Why don't we quit? Father, thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. You yourself took our infirmities. You yourself bore our sicknesses. You took sickness that belongs to us away from us. Father, I thank you that if anything comes toward us, it does not belong to us. And we resist it and we refuse it in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's do our confession. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father. That Jesus took Rona from me, and I can't have her. (laughs) In Jesus' name, it is so decreed. Amen and amen again. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God.